You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Big Blue View Radio. I am one of the hosts here, Nick Filato, with my good buddy, Chris Flum, and we're about to break down some of these recent additions to the New York football Giants and how the recent news around the NFL has impacted the Giants' drafts. The Giants are sitting pretty with two picks in the top 10, at 5 and at 7. But before we get into the moves, Chris, how are you doing today, my friend? Yeah, I'm doing pretty well. Busy, it's draft season, so <laughs> yeah, that, that tape isn't just going to watch itself. Exactly. There's, <laughs> I mean, we're both just been grinding through the tape, and it's good because the Giants, hopefully, if they do trade back one of these picks, will collect more day two, day three assets, and then they could hopefully spend some of the those assets on some players that we're watching who will more than likely be drafted in that area of the draft. But before we get to draft talk, Chris, I want to bring up two recent additions that the New York Giants added to their roster. They added running back Matt Breida and then defensive lineman slash edge Jihad Ward. And I guess we'll start with Matt Breida. Seems like he's a really fast type of player who was with Dable last year in Buffalo. What were your initial thoughts when you heard the Giants added Breida to the roster? You know, it, kind of the same as the rest of their signings. It's a really low-key signing. It gives the Giants kind of a safety net. Uh, really, with both of these signings, Ward and Brita, it gives them a safety net where they don't have to go into the draft really targeting any one position. We know Joe Shane has been looking at running backs. He's been The Giants have had a pretty sizable presence at a lot of the schools with top running backs in this draft. We know they parted ways with Devonta Booker. Brita gives them a dynamic uh, backup option at running back, and it kind of removes any any pressure to have to, to have to add a running back in the draft. Now we still don't know what the future is with Saquon Barkley, whether or not there's going to be any any movement there. But Brita at least gives them a a good backup option for Barkley. And it could make things interesting if the Giants do decide or are able to move Barkley. Even if they don't move Barkley, Brita is the type of back who would be a pure change of pace type of guy. You can put him out there on third down. Dable like to use them a lot on those quick little screens, you know, have him chip, have him release, little dump, dump off, get a couple blockers in space and have him use that speed, acceleration and vision to pick up some extra yardage, possibly a first down. And I think that can coexist with Barkley on this roster. And even if, like you said, Barkley does leave the roster, then you still have Matt Breida and the Giants won't be like, well, we have to spend that number 36 pick on a Kenneth Walker from Michigan State or a James Cook from Georgia or, or an Isaiah Spiller from Texas A&M or anything like that. So I would 100% agree with everything that you said. I think the philosophy that the Giants have applied to this offseason is basically centralized around not spending big because they can't, but not going into the draft with glaring needs. There's one position 
that really comes to my mind, and that's right tackle. And we hope that that's addressed at five. I mean, they need a lot of help everywhere, but I don't feel like they're in a desperate need for anything other than right tackle. And I think they'll find tight end a little bit later in the draft. Would you agree with that? Yeah, definitely. I I think the Giants do have to come out of this draft with a long-term answer at right tackle. Nothing against the guys they have signed. They could be effective starters in a pinch, but you know we've talked about this before. I don't think the Giants really want to or should be in a position where they have to rely on these guys to start. And just one last note on Brita before we move on. Joe Shane talked a lot about... uh, respecting analytics respecting kind of the the mass data and the evaluation of that and one of the kind of hot button topics is the value of a running back individual running backs in modern football and you you hear kind of the bumper sticker all around it's thrown on thrown around on by kind of everybody involved in the conversations that running backs don't matter it's either a there's a lot of vitriol from one side and it's kind of used sarcastically by another side, by the other side. But the underlying principle of it is that individual running backs production is really dependent on, you know, offensive line play, uh, the, the box count of the defense field position, all the, all of these things that are really independent of who is carrying the ball. So individual running backs production is replaceable which is part of the reason why it, at least from that perspective, it doesn't make a lot of sense to invest heavily in the running back position. You you don't need to invest high picks in them. You don't need to spend a whole lot of money on the position. And that's really what the Giants have done with Matt Breida, just a low-cost signing to add a useful player, but but not investing so much that you almost have to center your offense around that guy. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Absolutely. And another reason why running backs, I guess you could say, are a little bit devalued is because there's a surplus of them. There's a lot of running backs that can step in and do everything that you kind of suggested there. They can execute their role within the offense, but it's the offense that's going to, I guess you could say, maximize their skill set or really show what they can do. Because if the offense around them sucks and the running back is more than likely going to suck. I mean, look at Saquon Barkley last season. No one would think of Saquon Barkley as a true difference maker, but if you put him on any other situation, you would see that guy flourish. He wasn't going to do that 
that with the offensive line that the New York Giants had. And another note on Matt Breida, and we've just been talking a lot about Breida, but I think it's important because he's probably going to crack the 53-man roster. I think he's going to stay as long as he stays healthy, which has been an issue for him throughout his career. He has to hold on to the football too. This is somebody who has eight career fumbles. It's really nine. For anybody who watched the New England and Buffalo game last year, it was a Monday night football game. There was a fumble that was credited to Josh Allen that was truly Matt Breida's fault. And after that game, Matt Breida, I think, had like six snaps as a rusher. Like he kind of rode the pine and then they even elevated Zach Moss because he was kind of in the doghouse for a while over Matt Breida, along with Devin Singletary to form the duo up there in Buffalo. So Breida has to be able to protect the football. He's not going to be an in-between-the-tackles type of runner. This is somebody who, like we said, there's a surplus of running backs. He was an undrafted guy, went to one of the best running situations in the NFL under Kyle Shanahan in San Francisco, and kind of broke out, was also a part of a, I guess you could say, a committee out there. Then he signs a deal with Miami. That was his worst year statistically, but he wasn't a huge impact player on the offense either. And then he wasn't a huge impact player last year, but he's still a 27 year old. So there's still juice here. And I think if he's used judiciously and used in a prudent manner, he can really be a lightning rod for your offense, but it's not somebody that you're going to want to rely on down in and down out. No. So really the giants got, I think the, a good value for their dollar here. They got a, player who should be useful and they didn't spend a whole lot of money to do so (laughs) yes and one more thing too chris i heard a lot of or at least i saw a lot of people on twitter saying oh this is the uh great upgrade over Devontae booker i don't agree with that i think Devontae booker is a much more complete running back than matt Breida. i think matt Breida is offers a higher upside in terms of he can hit a home run for you if he makes a defensive back's angle manipulates that angle and then he could take it to the house because he has that breakaway speed but in terms of overall running back, I would think Devontae Booker is pretty much far ahead of Breda. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I, I definitely agree there. And personally, I do value just consistent production out of running backs more than the occasional home run. Because you know, how often are you going to get the opportunity to hit that home run? It's not all that often, to be honest. You really need to rely on excellent blocking and execution up front, which is difficult to do because the defensive line is trying. They have a job to do as well. And then usually a mistake from somebody on the second level, whether that is somebody taking a bad angle, misreading what is happening, or just getting their tackle broken, which isn't something Breda does necessarily all that well. But he does have some contact balance for a smaller back. Yeah, and this wasn't the only kind of low-key signing the Giants have made recently. They also added Jihad Ward, like you said before, uh, defensive line edge player formerly with the Baltimore Ravens. So he has some uh, he has some familiarity with Wink Martindale. So, yeah, you recently did a post on Ward. So what do you think about him? So Jihad Ward, he's a six foot five, 290 pound player. A lot of people would used to view that as a tweener, but he was used pretty, I would say, uniquely with Martindale and with Jacksonville last year, because you would see him in a two-point stance on the edge, sometimes the field, more than likely it was towards the boundary, shorter field. He has the athletic ability and foot speed to kind of chase down ball carriers on halfback tosses and stuff towards the sideline when it is towards the boundary. So I think that's a more ideal location if you're going to use him at a two-point stance. But I think he's probably best suited as an interior pass rusher 
in third down and obvious passing situations. He's somebody I would say that has solid explosiveness off the ball. He's not the most explosive or the quickest, but he fires off the ball with good leverage, locks out well when he's playing the run, uses his full extension. He does have long arms. We know Joe Shane and Brian Dable, even though he's an offensive guy, but up there in Buffalo, they loved their long-armed type of defenders. I think he's a good I would say solid overall run defender with some upside with pow- as a power rusher, but he's not a dynamic type of player. He's going to be a rotational player on your defense. I expect Jahad Ward to crack the 53-man roster. And I went through his film. A lot of his pressure and his production in terms of sacks were because of stunts or he was an unblocked defender. He had a couple where he just ran through offensive linemen, which is great to see, but it wasn't necessarily consistent with his game. Overall, I think he is a, an adequate addition to the team, somebody who should make the 53, and is uh, I'm, not, I'm not pissed that they added somebody like Jihad Ward. I think this is just the start of these big-bodied, long prototypes that they're going to want to add on this defensive line, along with two guys that they already have of the same ilk, a Leonard Williams and a Dexter Lawrence, Dexter Lawrence being obviously unique at 346 pounds. What about you? What did you think about Jihad Ward? Yeah, he, he struck me as kind of a a backup for Leonard Williams. Now, I, I don't think it's going to be a one-for-one. One. You take Leonard Williams off the field and put Jihad Ward in, but I do think that they could kind of fill a similar role in the defense where they're, like you said, more of a athletic defensive lineman where they – use that athleticism to get penetration, to take advantage of the stunts and twists and the free runs that Wink Martindale just loves to scheme up. And you talk about how he's a, a solid, you know, a got that tweener size, but yeah, you know, I think the, the tweener used to be a pejorative. I don't think it is anymore. Now, it, now it's really almost a, a, a term of praise in, a, in the modern defense where, you know, the more you can do, the more you can do. But yeah, the Martindale comes from the Ryan school of defense and they love these guys. I mean, look, look at all of the defensive linemen with a similar frame that Rex Ryan drafted when he was the head coach of the Jets. You know, Muhammad Wilkerson, Quentin Copples, uh, you know, just bunches of these guys. And Ward, I think, will fill kind of that same role. You know, I kind of anticipate him being a sub package player, maybe coming on if. Williams is playing a lot of snaps. I hope the Giants don't keep Leonard Williams on the field for, you know, 70 snaps a game again. And I think it would be interesting to see how Ward and Ellerson Smith, you know, kind of settle into the depth chart because they they could be, they could also fill similar roles within the defense. Quentin Copels is the name I have not heard in so long, and I did not expect to hear it on this podcast. But good job, Chris. <laughs> no, but uh, I, I would, yeah, yes, I, I would agree with that. Out of UNC, by the way. But Jihad Ward, dude, like this is still somebody who's 27 years old. It seems like he's been in the league for a while because he's been on so many different teams. Started in Oakland, went to the Colts for a year and a half, and then spent a year and a half in Baltimore after being released by the Colts, and then Jacksonville last year, which was, you know. Jacksonville was one of the biggest tire fires of a franchise in 2021 that I think we will ever see. But all in all, I would agree. And this also begs the question, yeah, they, they added Ward, but they could be interested because Joe Shane comes from that ilk, like you already said, so does Wink Martindale. They could be interested in players in this draft who are of similar frames and similar sizes. And here are some players that kind of fit that mold. Some are more athletic than Ward. Some aren't as athletic. But let me know what you think of these names. First, to start the first round, 
Trayvon Walker from Georgia. <laughs> I mean, he's a little bit smaller. He's in the 270s, but still he can fulfill that role excellently. Houston's Logan Hall. I think he'd ideally be a three technique, but he has that type of size and that type of burst off the ball. Granted, he kind of pops out of his stance a little bit when he's coming off the ball, which is a little bit of an issue, but he could be a first round pick. Oklahoma's Perry and Winfrey, Texas A&M's D- Marvin Leal, Florida's Zach Carter, and then later rounds, Wisconsin's Matt Hennessing. Arizona State's Tyler Johnson, and the Minnesota's Izazi Otomowu. Yeah, I, I'm not sure the Giants go for the first-round guys, uh, mo- notably Walker or Hall, just because I'm not sure the, the value will quite be there for them, specifically within Martindale's scheme. You know, He's talked a lot about how he, prefer- he can scheme pressure. He can scheme free rushes for guys. He really needs the coverage players to do so. So I, I personally expect them to look in that direction first, but Perry and Winfrey actually those three Oklahoma defenders all really caught my eye for the giants defense. Perry and Winfrey just as a penetrating defensive tackle. He's, I think he's got some development to do, but when he gets after it, he is tough to stop and, you know, you talk about long arms. He can he can scratch his kneecaps while he stands straight up, and yeah. also <laughs> Nick Benito off the edge. You know, the way he can fire off the ball, but also drop into coverage is you know really interesting to me for this defense where Martindale loves to scheme pressure from unexpected places and having an edge that can effectively drop into coverage. I think that would give him a lot of a lot of options with his front seven. And then Brian Asamoah, I just like watching him play linebacker. I think Martindale could do a lot with him firing downhill as a blitzer, really athletic, really physical. All three of those guys kind of caught my eye. And you mentioned so many names. Again, this is just such a deep, deep draft where you can find good players into the third day to fit just about any scheme you can dream up. Yeah, Martindale, he he loves his Sam linebackers. He loves his linebackers who can cover, who can play the run, who can blitz. He had Tyus Bowser there last year, and he was such an underrated player for Baltimore's defense. And I'm sure the Giants will probably be looking for a player similar to that day three. I don't think Perry and Winfrey fits that, but Winfrey's 35 and one-fourth inch arms. That guy can align anywhere. I think the Giants are going to be interested in yet another Reese's Senior Bowl MVP, which would not be out of their character. But moving on to some of the recent trades that happened that are going to impact the New York Giants and their and their draft position, possibly some people are going to want to trade up the quarterback market, you know, continues to kind of ascend right now because everyone kind of understands the quarterback market right now isn't that great. This draft isn't the best quarterback draft. But I feel like once draft day comes – we might be hearing a Malik Willis and a Kenny Pickett kind of be moved into the top 10, which will really benefit the New York Giants. Because we have these recent moves, these recent trades. Deshaun Watson going to Cleveland. We can get into that trade in a little bit. And you also had Matt Ryan go into Indianapolis. We have Russell Wilson go into Denver. So all these trades, it, it looks like there's two teams, well, actually three teams now in the top 10 with Carolina picking at six. Then you have Atlanta picking at eight and then Seattle picking at nine, who are kind of in need of a quarterback. And I get Marcus Mariota was signed to Atlanta for a two years, 18 million deal. But still, they're probably going to want a long-term quarterback. I think the Giants hold a lot of cards right now. How, what position do you think the Giants are in right now, Chris, in terms of the leverage that they have for that fifth overall pick in, in a trade? I think they are 
they could potentially be in a very good position you know, with that many teams suddenly needing a long-term answer at quarterback. You know, we talk about this as a down quarterback class. I, I'm not sure it's truly a bad class because I, I really do think that Kenny Pickett, Malik Willis, Matt Corral, and Sam Howell could all work their way into being NFL starters. Yeah, they have problems with their game, but I don't think any of them have the kinds of problems that can't be worked through, that can't be coached through or schemed around. They don't have the, the kind of warts that would say, oh, this guy is only a career backup. That's it. Yeah, don't even try. And I do think it's interesting that the last two days, as we record this, you know, Kenny Pickett had his pro day at Pittsburgh yesterday, which Monday, and Malik Willis has his liberty today. And the Giants quarterbacks coach was at both both pro days. So I don't. I'm not saying the Giants are looking at a quarterback in the top ten. But I think they are looking at these guys to see whether or not there is going to be a market for one of these teams to try to trade up to get one of these quarterbacks. Maybe we could see Atlanta you know, try to Atlanta or Seattle try to jump up and go around the Carolina Panthers at number five. Maybe the Panthers move up one to secure their guy, or maybe the Texans try to jump up to grab a quarterback at seven. You're like, there there are options there for the giants to trade back. And I would not be at all surprised to see the giants try to trade out of at least one of those top 10 picks just to get more of those really valuable day two picks this year and potentially get future draft picks next year. I wish Carolina had more draft capital, man. They're sitting there with a number one. And then I think their next pick is in the fourth round, but that also allows other teams to probably be like, Hey, I can give, you know, two or three picks to jump. And if the giants are willing to trade back to whatever pick it is, I can go and get my guy. I think the giants are in a good position here because say they don't trade back, Chris, you're still looking at possibly landing one of those top two tackles to play right tackle and be a long-term fixture on your offensive line and Icky Aquanu and Evan Neal. And then you, you can have your pick between possibly a sauce Gardner from Cincinnati, the cornerback, the safety Kyle Hamilton from Notre Dame, one of the edges, whether that be Jermaine Johnson from Florida State or even a Kayvon Thibodeau from Oregon. I just think they're in a good position right now. And I'm starting to really trust the abilities of Joe Shane. Because, I mean, Art Stapleton tweeted this, and it's an interesting point. He said, you know, the Giants might not be sold on Kenny Pickett or Malik Wills, but being at those pro days kind of drives the market back up for possibly a trade. Because now people will be like, what do the Giants want them? We really want that guy. What if we have to jump? The-? And it's just this whole this whole uh, another conversation that can be had. So I think that's a smart thing to do as well. So I'm uh, I'm interested to see what exactly happens. Do you have an ideal scenario, Chris, right now? Yeah, right now, I don't. I don't think I have an, a really ideal scenario, mostly because of how deep this draft is. I think a trade back is the closest thing to an ideal scenario where just getting the extra bites of the apple, like I said before, the, the day two picks this year are going to be just super, 
super important and incredibly valuable. Now, I said to you before we we started recording, I'm going to wind up with about 120 guys with top 100 grades in this draft. So there will be teams drafting maybe second round, definitely third round talents in the fourth round. If the Giants could land an extra second round pick, that will be tremendous value for them. So, you know, a trade back is always a good idea. Well, usually a good idea, I, I think. But as far as if they stay, you know, if they hold their water, just stay put, they have so many options, so many different ways they can go and still add a long-term starter, still put a massive upgrade on this roster where, you know, I, I don't know that they've got a bad option available. You know, they could add one of the, one of these top tackles and, get long-term bookends. They could add a DB like Gardner or Hamilton and give Martindale the tools he needs to unleash his scheme. They could get a uh, Jermaine Johnson or a Kayvon Thibodeau and just upgrade their natural pass rush. There's just so many different ways the Giants could go. And there's also good options down the draft at all of these positions as well. You know, I talked before about uh, Nick Benito. The Giants could go Boye Maffey. They could go... They could even really going down, you know, Amari Bardo at out of Virginia Tech is an interesting guy. Uh, Kings Edge out of Penn State, whose name <laughs> escapes me at the moment. Kingsley Enigbare out of South Carolina. There, there are so many really good edge rushers in this draft. Get a Bernard Ryman or a Max Mitchell to man right tackle. There's just so many really. I, I keep repeating myself, but it's just true. There are so many good options in this draft, especially at positions the Giants need help at. Absolutely. And I think the way the quarterbacks shook out so far in this offseason, I think that only helps drive up the value of number five and possibly number seven, but probably more so number five with Matt Ryan going to the Colts, Deshaun Watson spurring the Carolina Panthers and the Atlanta Falcons and heading to Cleveland after he reportedly wasn't going to go to Cleveland and then Cleveland's like, Hey, we'll give you a guaranteed contract. And he's like, you know what? Hey, Cleveland's an okay spot. Let's go there. So he ends up going there. And I think that's just great for the New York giants right now. I think they're sitting pretty in a pretty excellent position. And like you said, this is a very, very deep draft. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us here on big blue view radio for myself, Nick Filato, my friend, Chris Flum, please everybody have a great day take care of each other be nice head on over to the site big blue view rate and subscribe to this podcast and have a lovely lovely day peace more to do's less time and an infinite number of tools to keep track of sometimes doing business has never felt harder but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals you can just use hubspot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier Imagine this, high quality leads, fast closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. 
Quad 3 from Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. With models at every point of the price-performance curve, you no longer have to make trade-offs between intelligence, speed, and cost. Quad 3 Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skill and speed. And Haiku is the fastest and lowest-cost model on the market, perfectly designed for high-volume, high-speed use cases. Join the thousands of enterprises who use Anthropic to navigate this new frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude, C-L-A-U-D-E, today. Jumpstart your genius with Claude 3 by Anthropic. Anthropic. 